Charles. This is Anayo Campbell Friday, and we're going to get into it quickly because we've got Logan Murdoch coming on the other side. I talked to him about the Warriors, about working with former jazz man Raja Bell, all that and more. This is Roundball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm JP Chunga. Happy Nio Campbell Friday. Let's get into it right now because it was the talk of everything today. All last night we were hearing about it. NBA on TNT. Shaquille O'Neal. Let's just open it up. First, your thoughts. Your initial thoughts when you saw the interview and you saw the aftermath of what happened between Donovan and Shaquille O'Neal. I yeah that's, that's all you gotta it. say yeah. that's about it that's all you gotta say but it is a shock I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level I said it on purpose I wanted you to hear it what do you have to say about that all right that's it <laughs> that's it all right that's it okay cool I mean, I it's, you I, I've been here, well, Shaq, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get okay, better well, and do what I do. Good. At the end well, of the day. You. That's what I wanted you to hear you say. Yes, Love sir. your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. It's so amazing that it took this moment for everybody to realize that we need to start appreciating the basketball that we're watching, you know? These pretty good hoops that we mm-hmm. see day to day in the NBA. It took away, I, I felt so bad because it took away from the seven-game win streak that the Jazz were on. We could be talking about how Donovan over the street, 28, five and five, shooting 50% from the field, 50% from the line, 90% from the free throw line. But instead, we're talking about Shaq and Donovan. It took away from the seven game winning streak. It took away from the fact that this team has really formed, like I've said before, a, a, a brotherhood where it's not just Donovan that's a star every night. It's everyone. It's, an, it's a team. It's a team sport, and they're, and they're utilizing that, and they're doing that with the Jazz. It took away from the fact that seven-game winning streak means seven more scholarships for students, underrepresented students, to go to a four-year university. There were so many other things that could have been talked about, and you choose to go viral or whatever, or Pete, or spark a discussion. I don't know exactly what, his, what the whole point of it was, because this, the sentence that he said didn't even make sense. It was like he was contradicting everything. You're one of my favorite players, but I said that you can never be a superstar. I know. And then he goes, I, at the very end of it, he goes, keep doing what you're doing, kid. Like, what? Love watching you play or something like that. And it's like, like, why tear him down? Why bring him up, tear him down, bring him up, bring him, and, and tear him down? Like, why do that? Why, why do that at all? And it really made me mad watching it because you see someone that is great on the court, really utilizes all his teammates, get all of his teammates involved, um, involved. He's great off the court. He's a great human being off the court. He's active in the community. Um, they're on a seven game winning streak. This is a team that doesn't play on television that often. So this is, people are finally getting to see them play versus the Pelicans. Like, okay. Um, and how many games do they have? All right. So I, it gets me upset. It gets me a little riled up that you choose for the TV time, the little bit of TV time that they are getting to to tear him tear him down and to I say that i just don't understand the negativity surrounding yeah. it it would make sense i guess if you want to go after somebody who's playing poorly doing the wrong things but donovan's the quarterback donovan's the face of the franchise he's playing so well the team's playing so well 
that it didn't make sense in the timing. And I understand the conversation that they had at halftime was different from the interview. Conversation at halftime was like, could this player lead lead the Jazz to a championship? Okay, yeah. valid conversation. Enjoy, have at it. When you go to the interview and start talking about how uh, I said you, you didn't have it in you to get to the next level, what is that? Yeah, and you look at the stats, you look at what he's already been able to accomplish in, in four years, playoffs every year since he's been here. Um, beating some of the greats, getting recognition from some of the current greats in the league, such as Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, all of these people that he's looked up to that have literally – Ricky Rubio, did you see what he said today? If you have upset Ricky Rubio, I think that shows you're in the wrong. Yeah. I wish I was able to have been here when Ricky Rubio was here. But, like, to see him come and, and stand – um, stand by Donovan. It was just kind of, I just didn't get it. And I, I was really, really upset about it. And it really irked me because it took away from so many other conversations that we could have been having. Um, and that's what it was focused on. Now, like, I mean, Donovan handled it great. He, I was he, amazed he, how he handled it. Yeah, like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like only, I mean, I don't know how others would have handled it, but like, you can't, it's so hard. It's you put, you're put in such a terrible place because you're put into such a terrible position because Shaq is such a superstar that he is. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to get into an argument and you don't want to come across as a jerk. So you have to be careful about what you say. And Donovan's not a jerk type of person. So he's not going to go back and forth with you on TNT and on television. That's just not who he is. It's not his character. So it puts him in an awful position and he handled it in a great way. But I will say one thing that Spider Nation, what are we calling? Spider Clan, Spider Nation, Spider Webs. His spiderweb people, <laughs> um, his 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 group of people. I like spiderweb. I think that works. Spiderweb um, works. The cobwebs. Yeah, yeah. The cob cobwebs. Yeah, the cobwebs. We're really going hard for Donovan. Um, we're on Twitter going back, like now talking about cancel Shaq, cancel this, blah blah blah. And everyone was speaking for Donovan. I even like you know got into it. Not I got into it, but I like put it on my story. You know, one thing that Donovan says is stay the course. So I was like, stay the course and like keep going, like, you know, but you know, people like superstar. I don't know if you saw, like there's certain things that are just going out and I appreciate the cobwebs for um, really going back for Donovan um, because he isn't the type of person that's going to just, he's not going to be, he's not a petty type of person. He's not a type of person that's just going to like, I'm not going to fight with you on national TV. Like, that's what you think about me. I yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. And Rudy, the same when Shaq went after him. Shaq being a little weird around the Utah Jazz. I don't know. Yeah, right? that's. I'm thinking that he has something against us. Very <laughs> weirdo behavior by uh, Shaquille O'Neal going after the Jazz. And I mean, the two franchise guys have handled it you know, fine in the way yeah. that that Shaq is trying to be petty. They're not diving into the petty waters with him, which is super encouraging when you look at two leaders and everybody is rallied behind them. I was telling you last night, I'm making sure to tag all of the pictures that we share with the players in our photo uh, galleries, mm -hmm. sharing it with the players, making sure I get in all the team photos, because I'm sure after this, this will be one of those points where everybody's rallying together, where you see yeah. them posting on social team, where it can bond this group together in the face of, remarkable negativity by yeah. the NT crew. When they go low, we go high. And Rudy and Donovan are doing just that. So shout out to them for that. I don't agree with what was said. And I will gladly join the cobwebs and, and fight. <laughs> 
right? Because I just don't approve of if he was playing badly, which he hasn't. He's having what his best season so far. He made history last night. Yeah, made 600, history. Six hundred threes in the shortest amount of time uh, for a player, and and he was able to do it. Complete that stat last night. Yeah, fastest in history. He made history last night, and and what we're talking about is the statement that was made about him not being a superstar. I will say, wouldn't happen if my guy Adam Lefko was on the desk, as he's with Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker. They would have kept Shaq in check, kept it all together. Yeah. So let's consider that. Round ball, round of guests, Adam Lefko. Okay, let's talk about how well that this team is playing. They're on this seven-game win streak. The most impressive part, beating good teams. Beat Pelicans, who's yeah. one that... Uh, many in the Western Conference thought that they might be a playoff team. Milwaukee, power out of the East. They beat the Nuggets, who beat them in the playoffs last season. It's been a good run of form mm-hmm. for the Utah Jazz in the way that they're playing on the court as opposed to what's happening off of it. Yeah, seven-game winning streak. And I think, again, like I said earlier, it's really just showing how great of a team they are because it's every night you don't know who's going to be the star because it's a team it's a brotherhood and they're really doing that on the floor every night you know mike's had great nights jordan clarkson has had great nights Derek favors has great nights george yang has had great nights um mia has been showed out while joe ingles was gone um of course rudy and donovan like they are all like just putting in what they need to do in order to get these wins. And I think that's been beautiful to see. I mean, seven games isn't easy. It's not easy to go on a seven game winning streak. And then for that one to also be a back-to-back basically with the Pelicans to face off against the Pelicans for them to know they have two potential all-stars with Brandon Ingram and, you know, Zion Williamson um, or, or stars more or less. JJ Redick, like they have all these great players on this team and to go back-to-back with them, for them to, I talked to the players about it and they were like, you know, we're approaching this almost like it's a playoff because to see a team back to back, it's not easy to beat them twice. Well, and you saw the adjustments in the first half for the mm-hmm. Pelicans. They go out to a 70 point first two quarters. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were playing amazing yeah. in the first half. And then Utah puts the clamps down in the third quarter, starts to extend and get a lead. And then it was all done after that. They held them to about 14 points in the midway through that third quarter, much better than a 40-point quarter that they had in the first. Mm -hmm. You saw New Orleans make adjustments to get back into this and try to get that that second game of that back-to-back in the playoff format, baseball-style series, whatever you want to call it. They tried to make those adjustments. Utah was able to respond, and that's hugely important when you look at what they have next week where they do the same thing against the Mavericks. It's a kind of crazy week coming up, Um, but I think they've really gotten into their flow of things, their their rhythm. They've really gotten into their rhythm. They're realizing um, what works, what doesn't work. Donovan had compared it to the Minnesota game um where they were up against minnesota and then minnesota came back and they they lost but um they they were comparing it to that not having that mindset and that's how they were able to tackle and and end up beating um the pelicans two games in a row i think it was that was great to watch and it really showed uh the team unity 
not to make this a continuous Jordan Clarkson podcast, but <laughs> we talk about him every week. <laughs> we talk about him every week. So I have a stat for you. Jordan Clarkson, last 10 games, 10 plus in the last 10. Jordan's starting to become a, a really dependable six man of the year. Are we allowed and, to say that? Because in my head, he's already won. Now's when you start conversations for end of the year buzz. Like Jokic was the first 15 game MVP. Mm-hmm. That puts him in the conversation for later when people are voting on these things and thinking yeah. about it. You have to start it early. And for JC, he's playing so well, he needs to be in that loop for being a six man of the year. I said it last time with Lefko. He laughed off the quarter season awards, but quarter season awards, it's Jordan Clarkson's sixth man of the year to lose. For sure, for sure. I don't think there's, I mean, again, I'm a little biased because I, you know, I'm with the drafts, but I don't think anyone else is uh, more exciting to watch. I think um, he's, every time Jordan comes out on the floor, you're, you know you're in for a show, all right? He's, he's going to go out there and he's going to play his hard out. He's going to probably get at least two or three threes. I mean, I have a team from the three-point line. We've been going crazy all season. But um, Jordan is definitely a contributor to that. So, uh, yeah, we for sure, you know, sixth man of the year. Uh, And Donovan now has a chip on his shoulder. So we don't know what could happen. This season is ours to win at this point. How do you improve on what they've done over the last two weeks? Listen to this. Last two weeks, they've had the number two offense, the number one defense, and the number one point differential. How do you improve on that? Like, there's nothing else uh, over that over the top when you go and consider the fact that they're playing so well. Yeah, you just got to keep on going. Got to keep the streak alive. Okay. I always get so nervous about streaks. I try not to tweet about them because they intimidate me. <laughs> well, you don't want to be the jinx. You weren't the jinx for our Martin Luther King Jr. video. I wanted to talk about that before we head out to Logan. It came out on social media, got a lot of great reviews, and it was played in the arena and got a nice uh, applause for that. Uh, What went into it? We saw how many quotes were involved that weren't your standard, I have a dream, as important and as influential as that. Just deeper to the man that was Martin Luther King, and you were able to talk to a couple of the players about him. Yeah, I had Derek Favors, George Niang, Mia Oni, Shaq Harrison, and um, they were all really great. Uh, it was great discussions. It was, um, for me, my approach to this all was, I think in this time and in this age, um, a lot of people love Dr. King, but they there's so many profound quotes from him that we just don't know. And I think oftentimes Um, People get focused on the I have a dream, which is a great speech, but there's so many other speeches, sermons, letters that he's written. And I really wanted to highlight that and have conversations surrounding that. And so um, have those players, they joined me on Zoom while they were on the road. um, And, you know, I read off a quote to them and we just talked about it and we reflected on it and we talked about it. Where are we now? Um, Some of the speeches, where do we go from here, which is 1967. Um, I've been to the mountaintop, which was his last um, his last speech, which a lot of people actually do know because they know that line. I've been to the mountaintop, and I may not get there with you, but there's other lines within that. Um, and then letter from Birmingham Jail, which I believe is 1963, and I'm hoping that I got the dates all correct. But these were all um, all of these uh, speeches and sermons and letters that were written in 19 in the 1960s, and you were still able to apply them today. And so it was interesting to have conversations with the players because they were like, "Wow, like you know, these words are so powerful." 
and um, we really need, we need to make sure that people are listening. And so that was key when creating this video. I wanted people to listen. I wanted people to see the different layers of who Dr. King was. I wanted people to see the different layers of these players because these players can get deep. They can have these conversations. So I was really appreciative of that. The video came out great. Um, it aired on social media. I mean, it aired on the broadcast. It aired on um, in the game twice part of it one time and the second time it was aired again and it did get a, gr a great applause from people so I hope people enjoyed it a lot of views on Twitter um, and all the other social media platforms so it made me really happy to be able to do that that was kind of like my first my first project it was your first time. big one you had the kickoff video that we had that you voiced over oh and off the court remember then you had off the court which introduced us to the player walk but mm -hmm. this one this one's a little deeper because it meant a little bit more. There's a time where we celebrate a man who couldn't be more clearer in the way that he communicated. You read those quotes and you understand exactly what he was trying to accomplish and what yeah. he's trying to say. And you can't mince words with this person. He was clear. I was glad that the guys were able to read those quotes because it's a good refresher just to remind yourself mm -hmm. what he said. Sometimes you're going through daily life, maybe don't think about Dr. King and mm -hmm. having that moment and that day to reflect, it's beautiful, beautiful to see. And I think also Dr. King, is such a, it's such a big day because you think of all the other people that were a part of the civil rights movement that actually joined King. So it is called Dr. Martin Luther King Day and you're celebrating him and all that he did, but you think about the people that he brought along with him, right? So I always, when I think of Dr. King, I, my dad's from Montgomery, Alabama. So my parent, my grandparents walked in the Montgomery Best Boycott. My dad was actually a member of his church. So that, that day is always so special to me because I think of the other people that may not get recognized, but we have to honor them for what they have done, right? And then you have to remember that this legacy, what we're going through, um, you know, we've made it pretty far, but we still have to keep going, right? We still have to keep the dream alive and we have to still, um, so I think that's a great refresher, like you said, to read his quotes and to feel encouraged, to feel renewed and to go out there and continue the fight peacefully. Well, and the responsibility of the activist, yeah. uh, reflecting on, on what you need to do to organize and get people going. Not only do I think about our players, I think about the WNBA players, mm -hmm. what they were able to accomplish just this month. Look at the Atlanta dream and what they did out in Georgia. Look at how uh, the NBA is supporting the W with those orange hoodies and helping with more than a vote with what LeBron's doing. There are so many things that these players are not only on the court, but off of it mm -hmm. and, and showing them through this day and showing them through what they do in their actions has been fun to watch. And Donovan, Donovan's a great case for it as someone who's super invested in what education means, mm -hmm. donating some of his uh, sales for his shoe to scholarships for kids to go to Greenwich Country Day, which mm -hmm. isn't afforded to everybody. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's dope to be able to see um, and to have those conversations and to pe see people use their platforms. I think um, it's powerful and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that. What we got looking out for the rest of this month, heading into February, Black History Month, you are working on our efforts there. That If, if MLK was your first big one, I think this one's going to be number two, three, four, five. Yeah, this one is, this one is a passion project for me. I'm not going to say too much about it. It's 
but I'm really excited about um, Black History Month and the series that we're coming up with. We're taking a different spin on it. We're highlighting some great folk. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a time for it. One thing that I, I try to tell people is that Black history is everyone's history. It's not just Black history. And these voices are often, um, we often don't hear from them. And this is a great time to be able to hear our history as one. And so I'm really taking that this um, the month of February to do that and to showcase these voices. And I can't wait for everyone to see it. I'm a little exhausted because it's been a long day, um, but we're going to put it together. But like, yeah, like you said, this one's pretty big and this one's going to be really, this one's going to be emotional for sure. <laughs> Main thing though, you're getting out in the community. Yeah. You're going to be in the Salt Lake community and, and the surrounding areas. The Utah. Yeah, I'm in Utah. I'm in Utah, baby. I've been driving up and down the highways. I've, How's it going? I, How's the views? What, what was it like? Oh my gosh. Oh, today I was driving. We, I was riding back today and I saw the mountains of Cottonwood, but it's beautiful. Oh my gosh. I sat there today and I was like, wow, I can't believe I live here. So um, we're in the community for sure. Well, we're looking forward to it. Happy Niall Campbell Friday. Let's get to Logan Murdoch, who is of The Ringer. He hosts The Real Ones, a podcast with Raja Bell. You can catch it on The Ringer Podcast Network in their NBA show feed. So it's very easy to find. Of course, if you're over there, make sure to leave five-star review for him. And also five-star reviews. That's all I ask of you over here. Thanks again for listening. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get the podcast, also on the Jazz app. Let's hear from Logan. We start off talking about the non-drama-filled Lakers fan experience. Lakers have been one of the few years where the Lakers have just there's been no drama with the Lakers, um, and that that's a you know a testament to Bron and testament to leadership over there. Um, but there's a lot more storyline. You know, will the Warriors be good? Will um, the Nets figure it out? Man, it's crazy that Kevin Durant is an MVP candidate off an Achilles, right? And then all the Kyrie stuff, and so it makes sense um, that the Lakers have been low key because they've just been low key as a team all season. So, um, you know, I don't expect that to change into the postseason, quite honestly. I think this is the most low-key team in a minute for LeBron, quite honestly, um, to your point. So, it, we'll see what happens. But it's kind of a weird change of pace, to be honest with you. Well, you're a Lakers fan. How does it feel having a team that's going a little bit under the radar? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun. I mean, I, uh, it, it's fun to just – like last night's win was was a good was a good win for that team. You know, I think that uh, it was it was to see those types of wins is is good. Um, just to make sure that uh, you know you, you're still locked in. But um, yeah, man, honestly though, like the the, the Lakers have been great. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun NBA season under the circumstances. I, I watched the Jazz game um, too, and the Jazz have been a, a, a great team as well to watch. Um, and as well, I think the Lakers, the Jazz, Warriors, and the Nets have been my league past teams. So um, it's been a it's been a fun season so far. Well, let's stick with the Bay. Who are the Warriors right now? What are their aspirations? How are they figuring things out without uh, Clay being in the hold? I think their ultimate aspirations, and I don't, and that's not going to happen uh, this year. But they, I think they want to get back to an elite level right now. I think there's just been things that have just um, that have you know out of their control, right? Just injuries, uh, MVP candidate leaving. Um, there's been so many things that happened, but this team is fought hard. Uh, I, I 
fully expected them to be out of the playoff picture. Um, you know, during, coming into the season after Clay got hurt, um, and maybe like a, their ceiling would be like a seven, eight seed, and I think they're right about their ceiling of what I thought they could be. And um, a lot of that has to do with the fight that they've shown, um, Steph, um, the development of James Wiseman. But they got to get that front court right. Um, you know, a front court of Wiseman, Looney, and, and Alan Smiley just isn't going to work when you're trying to win a title. Um, Wiseman is just too, you know, green. <clears throat> um, Looney is not a starting center. And uh, Smiley's just, um, just coming around right now. And so they need to figure that out. And um, they need to get Clay Thompson back. So once they do those two things, I think they'll be in the mix. But they still probably a move away from being back into uh, title contention. What was the feeling from Wiseman joining the fold as somebody that could potentially bridge that gap between old guard and, and be at that new guy? Yeah, I think that they, the Warriors had saw something in Wiseman one all, year, all, last, all last year, but also in June when they got him on Zoom, uh, when they got him, um, got an interview with him uh, during the, uh, the, uh, the pre-jab process. And I remember talking to Steve Kerr, and um, you can check that on the ringer.com, guys. Uh, I remember talking to Steve Kerr, Plug, and he said, baby. Plug. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. Um, he had just said that, uh, you know, Wiseman has been great, and that was, their, that was their pick all summer long. And that was somebody that they had their eyes locked in on. And once they, uh, you know, got him on the Zoom call, that that was their guy. And I think you're seeing why. I mean, he's, he's very raw, but has played really well despite the, and you almost forget that, you know, he's only played maybe like 20 games in the last two or three years. And, you know, most of those have been NBA games. He went from high school, barely played in uh, college and now is playing in the NBA. And, um, you know, he's played well, he was my rookie of the year pick. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, we'll, we'll, he's, he's, he's showing signs of that. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, Wiseman's been playing, Better than uh, I think a lot of people expected. Well, I was so shocked about Wiseman. How do NBA teams evaluate a guy who only played three games in college? Like how much AAU tape is there to look at that really supplies you with a good feeling about some sort of prospect? And he has been somebody that that the Warriors have relied on, at least in moments. I've been very surprised. And he's super mature. uh, Just super knows multiple languages I see mandarin too mandarin, mandarin. Right? I, yeah 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 that's not something that you see from a classic 19 year old coming into right. to the nba he's been super impressive yeah. uh, how can this team find their ceiling when it comes to the playoffs can they get to the postseason this year I think they can get to the postseason um, just with this because some nights the, the fight is just going to get them in, right? Like just them wanting the game more than the other team is going to get, get them in. You know, they had impressive wins, uh, you know, over the Lakers. Um, they beat the Spurs recently. Um, they're, they, they've beaten the Trailblazers. They've beaten teams that they otherwise probably shouldn't be beating. So, um, you know, and I think a lot of that has to deal with hard. I, you could, I think a big um, example of that was the other night against the Lakers, right? Because it was clear that the Lakers were the better team. Um, they are the better team and just took their foot off the gas. And the Warriors took adv- full advantage of that. Um, if they take in the fight, they'll be, a, a you know, a low-tier playoff team that um, – you know, maybe, you know, make some noise in the postseason. By some noise, I mean, like, maybe two fun wins <laughs> against a team they're not supposed to beat. But um, I think other than that, I think the 
this year is another year where you're kind of building towards something. Whatever that is, I'm not sure yet. I know they won a title, but there's going to have to be some serious moves made to this roster in order to get to a, a, a title consideration. Where are Warriors fans on this team? Where does this – because obviously you have those great championship teams. And then I think uh, a lot of Warriors fans have a soft spot for We Believe. Where yeah. are they, they in that pecking huh. order of teams? That's a good question. I think it remains to be seen. I think this team is loved um, in general. You guys, you got some homegrown talent on there. You got Juan Descano Anderson, who's from Oakland, um, from East Oakland, around the corner from where Oracle was. And then you have uh, Steph, who's been in the Bay Area for more than a decade and who is in, ingrained in the Bay Area, um, you know, culture and whatever you want to call it he's going to be one of the best athletes if not the best athlete to to play in the bay area and then you got draymond green who's tapped into oakland and tapped into all these places um who is you know loved in oakland and loved in the bay area as if he lived here his whole life you know uh draymond can do no wrong here so you have homegrown um talent in one and then you have you still have the you still have draymond and uh and steph holding it down um, for the Bay. And then you got Clay. Like, Clay got real love in the Bay, too, you know, and like real love. And so I think, I don't know if it's we believe level. And I think we believe level would mean that they um, maybe win a series they're not supposed to win um, yeah. uh, down in the postseason. So I think it remains to be seen how this team will be remembered because it has, I don't even think they've played 20 games yet. So we'll see. But, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of charismatic characters on this team. So I, I think that they, if they have success, I think that they will be remembered. What is it about the Bay? Something that all NBA players, if they're from the Bay, we saw Dame in the, in the bubble dancing to too short. Uh, yeah. w- what is it about the Bay that there's so much gravity towards it is something that people can identify with it even when they leave? Man, we just walked to the beat our own drum, bro. Like, um, I think you saw that on the E42 short verses. You know, we don't really need nobody's cosign. Um, and we kind of, we always have a unique uh, thing about us, specifically in Oakland and specifically in like these cities like Vallejo and Berkeley and, and San Francisco. Um, it's just like, a, it's, just a, it's just a vibe. You can't really explain it until I bring you here. You know what I mean? Until, it's till, um, you know, you come around and then you get it. You know, you get the energy here. It's a very, uh, Oakland is historically a very black, a very um, blue collar city. And that always was in the shadow of San Francisco, right? And same with Vallejo and all these other places that you, you know from the mainstream. And um, there's a bit of pride that comes with there, but there's also a bit of a chip that comes from the Bay, right? Because we're, we're, um, we're in California, but we do take a seat to, back seat to Los Angeles and Southern California. And a, a lot of us take that personal. And um, so when you get that, you know, you get, um, you just get a swag about you, man. And I think that that's what you see on the mainstream. You see that with Dame, you know, you see that, you know, with Juan on this Warriors team. Um, you see that with me and my coverage. You see that with um, yeah, you do. With, yeah, yeah. Um, you see that with Marcus Thompson. Um, you see a different vibe from, uh, you know, cast from the Bay. It's just a different energy, and um, we can only explain it by, you know, the way we move, and um, also the way, uh, you know, the way we move, and just the way we just go to the beat of our own drum, man. Culture that you would tell someone not from the Bay to hear to maybe get a little bit of an understanding of it? Hmm. Uh, 
culture that you could get from the Bay? Like a, like a television show or something? Television show. Give me an album. Like, should oh, I, yeah. should I go oh, yeah. through something? Yeah. Go, what you got? Uh, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, there's two shorts. Um, get in where you fit in. There's E mm-hmm. forties uh, in a major way. Um, there's drew down. Can you feel it? Um, you know, get you a guap, get you a couple guapole albums. You know what I mean? And, um, I think that'll be a good start, man. I think music is the best represent, like one of the best looks into the Bay. Uh, also get three times crazy stacking chips, man. That's one of the best albums in Bay Area history and in, in, in Oakland history, man. So I think if you get those albums, I think you'll be straight. You'll be on the right path and uh, listen to new, uh, listen to new Oakland by Mr. Fab. That'll, that'll um, educate you on a lot of different things, man. So uh, yeah, th- there you go. I just love when people have passion for where they're from. You see that with, with people from Flint, shout out Eric yep. Woodyard. Woodyard's yep. always, always repping That's Flint. That's my guy. That's yeah. My guy. Like yep. he, when he was down here in Salt Lake, you knew that guy's from Flint. Okay. You, you, you just know he reps his place. Respect to that. Uh, 100%. Yep. You got this project with Raja Bell. It's uh, real ones. Fantastic. Yep. Listen on the podcast. He's telling great jazz stories. Some, Maybe listen without the kids because uh, they could get a little bit colorful. But still, uh, I will recommend it. Rajah Bell telling stories about uh, Jerry Sloan, Darren Williams. What's it like working with Rajah? What type of character is he? Oh, man, he's really great, bro. I think that, and I told him this the other day, it's just, you know, he could, I remember when I, we, when I first got on at the ringer and I was, you know, told, uh, I think Simmons told me that, um, you know, hey, we're going to pair you with Roger Bell and we're going to pair you with this NBA player. And I, I think I had some reservation because it's like, you know, man, you know, he's a retired player. He doesn't have to do this. You know what I mean? And, you know, maybe he'll check out. I don't know. I don't really I didn't know Roger Roger Bell. And, you know, I grew up a Laker fan. So, you know, there's some things that go <laughs> yeah. with that with Roger. And um, but we got on the phone, man, and it was so great. It was like I think it was a week before our first episode. And we it was clear that we just clicked. You know, and um, I love working with Raja because he works so hard at his craft. Um, there's a story that he was that we were uh, that he told on our podcast when we had Rip Hamilton on, and Rip asked him to go uh, if he wanted to go to Michael Jordan's uh, golf course in Florida and golf with him. And uh, Raja turned that down to come do the podcast with us. And uh, Whoa. that was that was a and and I I was like, why would you do that? Uh, but it, it was it underscored like a bigger thing, which is, you know, Raja wants this man, he wants to be in this space. And he works really hard to, um, you know, he brings the same mentality on the court that he brings to this podcast. And I love him for that. And I really respect, um, you know, how he goes about doing this pod, he is in it. And um, he does a great job. And I'm, I'm so happy to be working with Raja, man. He's a great co host. What? was a moment where it started to click that, oh, this is going to be a good podcast. He's going to tell stories. He's going to open up and, and allow this to be a pretty fun space. Uh, I think it was the first episode when, um, go back and look, we got the elephant out of the room, which was him, like him and Kobe's moment in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was such a joking manner, right? Like it was just, I think I started off by saying, you know what, man, 12 year old Logan got a problem with you. <laughs> And he and I think that really um, 
you know, really got us in a good place because it showed that like, yo, we can joke about these things and that that we could also be serious, right? And and I, I love working with him because, you know, I'm a former beat writer and he's a former player. So you have two different perspectives in, in a locker room. And so like, I can go, I can bounce off things of what I've seen in the locker room. He can bounce off things that he's seen in the locker room. And I think that the listener is just better off for it just because, you know, you don't get those, that, that many types of perspectives. I don't think you get this perspective anywhere else um, where you get your podcast, where you can just get a player's perspective. Who's, you know, a player that's worldly like Raja, but also gets to it. And I'm so happy to be working with him. And I think that it's been a great partnership so far. When he's so close to it, I don't know if you feel this way. Like it doesn't seem as if he's, he's come off your long guy. It's right. more, it's closer to it where he, he actually feels like he still has those connections to players right now right. and an appreciation for the game of watching good basketball, which obviously fans and, and listeners can totally appreciate. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to somebody um, the other day, and you know, they, were talk, they were saying, um, this is the pod, and they were someone I really uh, – someone whose ear I really respect. And um, they were like, yeah, Raja is the per- me and Raja are the perfect age to do this podcast because Raja is is out of the league, but not too much out of the league to yeah. where he's out of the out of the um out of the loop. And you know, I still have the younger uh, you know the younger generation too to bring up. Like, hey, what about this? So I think that we have the perfect balance right now of just age groups to you know be able to bounce things off of. And I it's I I've been really like floored with how great this show has been because of Raja and because of his perspective, man. I think we've clicked, clicked uh, really well. All right. What do you got coming up next on The Real Ones? How do you follow up Tim Duncan, a Hall of Famer, <laughs> Sean Marion, and a Rip Hamilton, a couple of NBA champions on the podcast? What do you got going man, in the future? Man, I don't want to jinx it right now, but you got to stay tuned. Now, I, don't, I hate when people say you got to stay tuned, but you really got to stay tuned because I am staying tuned for how, what the biggest guests that we're going to get next. We usually get guests on Thursdays, and, um, man, I think it's just going to be a vibe, man. It's going to be a vibe. That's all I can say right now because, well, you know, we'll, we'll get there. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll let you all know. Stay tuned to Real Ones. It's on the Ringer NBA podcast. Check the feed. You'll be listening to Logan Murdoch and also Raja Bell. Logan, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me, bro. It was a pleasure.